0: Hello, my name is Kim Min Jung and welcome to the Rundown from the South podcast. As always, these episodes are sponsored by Brews Beers. You're one bucket away for getting your own pack of Brews Beers. Use the Rundown from the South for 50% off at checkout at BrewsBeers.com. And as always, thank you to the people over at Dive Studios. Let's get on. Alrighty, Anya Seo, Nanan, Kim Min shi Yapa gives me that? Hello, my name is Kim Min Jung, and welcome to the rundown for this episode. Hey, hey! As always, the support from you guys from the last episode, and I know the segments weren't really well. I wouldn't say they're really bland, but there's a lot of more energy. There's a lot of more energy. There's a lot to dive into. There's a lot of talk about DFC 157, DFC 158, and DFC 156. Yeah. Because I think the last time I recorded this, which was about like... Maybe, potentially like a few days ago. And how I promised you guys... The current DFC 170 champion. Former... Uh, Rivalry, former uh, partner in crime in that octagon, I was able to share with him three times. Ultimately kicked his ass two times out of the one. But, I mean, who's ready? Who is ready for this episode? This is episode eight. Episode eight of the Rundown from the South. Um, As always, To the people over at Dive Studios, my producers, some Benims and Hyuns and Nunnas, Gansamnida, Gomawa, and Ajushis. And very important uh, announcement. I can't think it off the top of my head. Very important announcement. We are doing a giveaway, believe it or not. Um you guys can go over to divestudios.com or any streaming service. As always the rundown for the south is is also done by you guys. You guys you guys actually play the most important role into keeping this going. You guys are the number one factor that I'm Doing this, even though it's my thoughts and opinions, and you guys take the time out of your day or week, night or day, wherever, what time you guys are listening this to, so listen to me talk about around an hour, around an hour. So I wouldn't say it's too bad. It's too bad. I mean, obviously, you could be doing homework, you could be doing something else, or applying yourself, but you chose to listen to me, ramble on. But this episode, the The segments are going to go as follows. Um, K-pop and just music in general and what I think about the industry as a whole, as well as DFC 156, DFC 157, and DFC 158, as well as we finally got Stewie, yeah, the current uh, DFC 170 welterweight champion, arguably... The best fighter now because Yamazaki is. Poof! Gone. And well, I wouldn't say gone completely, but you still know what I mean. You still know. So first order of business is is um honestly. Thank you guys for the support. The this last month has been very brutal on me. You know, I've just had a lot of time for my thoughts, so I haven't really gotten back to the fight business or really haven't been focusing as much. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Like, because you guys do make this possible, whether it's going to the Dive Studios YouTube channel to check out highlights off of YouTube highlights, which now we're starting to post or going to our TikToks to watch the same highlights and clips. Or go into our snapchat to check out the highlights from this episode um, or the highlights of this month really thank you for that and um, we're doing a merch giveaway too and that's why you could post your favorite moments or the way to enter is you tweet the run- hashtag rundown from the south and all you have to do really to enter is is ask. Ask us a question, and then you're answered. It's just a simple Q&A, because at episode 10, it's going to be the giveaway episode where I, as a podcast, or as a fighter, will be giving out DFC memorabilia and also the Rundown for the South merch. Um, Like I said, the setup this episode is going to be a little bit more relaxed than the last two episodes. I mean, I'm so passionate. I'm still so passionate. None of that's going to change. None of that's going to change. You know, I think there was a, could be episode six, where I just sounded extremely exhausted recording the intro, and then my thoughts and opinions about the whole entire, like, dfc it. It wasn't a good episode, and I wasn't even going to, Pulled that segment out of my ass to try to save it. Excuse me for the language. Mianeo. Miane. I Um. Well, it's also a, a thing of keeping up because I'm going to make this a habit. And I have the time right now where it's not only just prepping for the Paul fight, which I will also talk about in this episode. Beautiful segue. Um, but not only that, I don't have a hard time getting like straight into the topic, and it's not anything of concern or anything like that. I just ha- I'm a very distracted person, you know, which is ironic enough considering that I'm a fighter. I I literally get paid to focus on one particular thing, but outside the fight game. I'm I'm just like all over the place. I'm like, oh, let's go here, then let's go here. Um. Also, one thing I forgot to mention, and I was getting clear in my head. Speaking of the dive studios, um, really thank you to everyone that's listening. And like I said, the producers, some names, Youngs and Adroshis and Opas and Nunez. Um, but also. Like I said, the support's been, um, like, off the charts recently, so I, I'm really appreciative of that. But also, if you guys want to check out the full bod so you can see me and my facial expressions talking about this, go to the Rundown for the Stop YouTube channel. It's the same, same rules apply for the Dive Studios aspect. We also have our own TikTok and social media team. Yes, we ironically have a social media team, which is ran by Dice Studios. Believe it or not. Some of my favorite episodes include is Eric and Alexa when they're on their podcast. Um Jay from day six. Oh, I haven't even talked about Jay only. Or Jayoni. J. Jay from day six is on here as well. Um but some of the topics and stuff that they talk about is really comfortable. I mean as soon as this episode goes out, I'll, I'll I'll post a YouTube reel about it because again YouTube. It's accessible. You know, it's not like TikTok where you can get lost in them. But if you go to our dive studios, our editing team has done a phenomenal job. So go ahead and check them out. Or check us out I should say. But yeah, with other than that, I'll dive into the first segment without like doing an ad or a sponsor or anything like that. Cause it's the same for sponsors, at least as they're recording this episode. It's the same for sponsors. I'm not gonna change anything. But one thing I will say is is about the Paul Logan situation that I want to talk about. I'm not calling him out on this podcast or anything like that. But I just find it extremely tough. The way how he's been avoiding everything. And that's not to say to call everyone out. But everyone at heavyweight is pretty lazy. And I'm not saying this just because like. Over the past like. Three fight cards. We've seen fighters take a lot of fights, you know, Addison White being an example of it, which I think within, like, the next year or two, she'll finally emerge as a top-quality contender. She should be getting a shot at the top 15 sooner than later. But another thing I want to say, like I said, about Paul is, is he broke his arm. And I'm not saying that... I mean, obviously, I'm going to target that. I'm going to target that. You know, so whether it's standing on that on that, that fight, whichever arm is messed up the most, I'm going to target it. Because as a, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu artist, weakening his arm, especially that forearm part, because if he ended up breaking that forearm part, which... I think he might have I don't know that the x-rays and the other teams are gonna have to call me out or inform me on this because like I said it's easier to make assumptions and i I'm just assuming at this point about Paul's arm and his ins- or his Twitter or Instagram post about it, and I commented on it saying that. He's, he's been lazy. And I got backlash from Tyrese, and he said, well, something's never changed. Well, you're right, something's never changed. I'm not going to change myself. You know, that's just who I am. If I see something, and especially because it's sort of is, de- it, on dependent on me. I'm sort of dependent on the champion's health because, again, the belt is on the line. And for all you guys I know, and for the new viewers, or maybe someone who's known this show for a while, you know how big I am about honoring the championship. It's the main reason why why champions don't last in the d f c you know there's a certain someone or two people I should say I talked about one of them on. Episode 7. Episode 7. The last episode to come out. But I just want to say that, like I said, this year has been so good and so heavy. It's It feels like DFC 158, and especially 157, it, it, it's dreadful. You know, there's there are fights to make. You know, and I feel like the the DFC is doing a good job of focusing on the new division, of focusing about the new division. But what's gonna happen at one fifty nine? You know, all the other belts got defended. Um, it may be one seventy. Definitely not one fifty five. I'll talk about that later. But that's another person who I won't bother to mention. It's almost like mentioning the Washington football team's old name. But it's just... it's, It's just one of those things where I feel like all that energy like... The year started off strong. Strong, you know? There's not really any bad cards and I feel like The DFC 157 card had a decent but strong supporting cast. Because, I mean, the Woods versus Sushi fight, or my bad, the Kenji fight, was probably the most hype about that card. You know, and I'm not saying that Tiago versus that name redacted fight wasn't a good fight, but I mean, it was kind of redundant. You know, both fighters landed big uh, shots to get the fighter down. Blake has a chin or I actually said the fucking name. Excuse me for my language. Mianeo. Mamawa. Or no. <inaudible> I'm sorry. Kunde. Aru Kaji. Yaru Kachigale. Yor Teso. Yunning the It's it's um It's not necessarily to translate what I just said is it was rather a bit disappointing. The fight was rather rather a bit disappointing. I mean the the Kenji versus Wood fight delivered and and that's not to say it biased just because I like woods, but the the ant the ant anticipation of that fight. It should have been main event material. Actually no. It 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 was main event material. It just happens. You have a title fight. And it's one of those things where. It did undersell a little bit. Because it. It did more. Narrative writing. Or no. Because like I said. I mentioned the. Um, Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse uh, movie with Marlon or I forgot his name, but the main character of how the jump-off scene because I used it to describe harder motivation, but how that jump-off scene um, was really well amped up. It feels like the DFC is going to do that. And Ariel tweeted out Expect something big to happen at 160 and 161. As a fight fan, that makes me excited. As a fight fan, that's exciting. All in itself. I can't but help feel a little bit irked at that decision. I can't help but feel a little bit irked about it and it's just more so of a situation that is my own personal opinion as a, as, as like in the perspective of a fight fan. I'm looking forward to what's next, not, not what is going to happen in the future. Six months, maybe seven months down the line. I don't want to have to wait for that. I don't. Unless it's a concert, unless it's a card, real. Really worth waiting for. Because I mean. It's almost like a video game release. Yeah I'll put it like that. It's almost like if. EA had Madden 20. uh, Or Madden 30. Come out. And then they dropped Battlefield 2042. It's almost like that. Like you're not satisfied. With the product right now. But you have something to look forward to. And I don't want the. The complacency. Of this next card to be undersold. Just because we're getting something five, six months down later. I don't want DFC 159 to be a flaw. You know, as soon as 157 hit, that's where we're starting to get in the timeline of more narrative writing. More build-up, more build-up, more build-up, more build-up. Build and that's exciting. Like, not to say that it's bad planning. But that's exciting, and the only reason why the DFC is is somewhat maintaining a decent sell rate and their stocks haven't dropped is because of the new division. They introduced the vision, the new division to. It's almost like a no. It, it is a filler episode. Think of it as this in uh, anime, um, manhwa, uh, dongwa, uh, and. Manga in general, there's these chapters called filler chapters. And for those of you who don't know, it's basically a tool. Basically, either a it gives a character's backstory, so they're either well more written, or it subdues the topic, so n- not many people are really thinking about it. And if they are, it builds up more anticipation. The second thing that I or the last thing that I listed, that's what, one forty five is right now. Number one, it's making the weight cuts more stricter, so we're seeing fighters who usually weighed in at like one forty having to fight in featherweight because of the weight cut. Not none the not either way. You know, and that was a good time to introduce the division. You know, uh, I think Egg White made a comment on it and basically said that um, once we hit, like, a certain amount of, like, fighters in, in that, in the DFC itself, we're going to drop 145. So far, the Grand Prix is delivered. Uh, we have Kai versus Sosa. Now, if you guys don't know who Sosa is, he's the greatest bantamweight of all time. Tyrus Cruz came back. But the only, the only thing that I have about it is, is Sosa starting to reemerge, and he failed at capitalizing. You know, what Yamazaki did and what Stewie's doing right now, that could have been Sosa. And it was a little bit, it was a little bit as of like episode five and episode four of the rundown from the stuff. A little bit. But I can't help but notice he's trying to make himself relevant. And it's not the fact of he, he's trying too hard, and the same thing with Cruz. You're t- you're trying too hard. You know, Cruz has never won a championship. You know, he gatekeeps Woods, and he today, he was a he's a definition of a gatekeeper. But he hasn't done anything at all. He he's put himself in contendership, but he's always failed to capitalize it. And this is the difference between Woods and Cruz, ultimately. Number one, they fun at the exact same time. Cruz is one of the best uh, bantamweights of all time. easily top 15 or top 10. But Woods is top 5. Woods is top 5. And if Woods wins the 135 shop, which I think he will. He will be the third greatest fighter to ever do it at 135. 135, by all means, is not a cakewalk. It's not. And if anything has shown over the past, that's like the most... It's almost like a volcanically active volcano. Where you never know when an eruption is going to happen. One thirty-five is that eruption right now. One eighty-five is emerging to be. One fifty-five, a little bit stale. Two hundred five is dry as hell. One seventy, it's there, it's alive. But right now, bantamweight and heavyweight, and heavyweight's still relevant. Believe it or not, and like I said, it it's that. It's that discussion of the possibility of Paul's arm. That plays a big narrative into that fight, which I think is going to happen at 159. And if it doesn't happen at 159, I would be shocked. But then I wouldn't because considering 160 and what Egg White has planned for 160. I I wouldn't be shocked at 160 or one sixty one. 161, the furthest that you will see, that you will see me fighting, 160 or 159, either of these two. Because if I get put or the Paul versus KMJ fight happens at 159, that main event, even though it seems dry right now, that's a damn good way to kick kick off the year. It's a damn good way of kicking off the new year. January 12th. 2031. That's a pretty damn good year to kick off. No? Isn't it? It's a pretty good year. And way to kick off the DFC. You know. The UFC is stagnating, 266 delivered. Like I said, i Been, I've already talked about that. But DFC, 159, that's going to be a bang. For better or for worse, because either way, it's going to do money. Because you either have Stewie main event, or you have Paul. Now, the main event itself is probably going to be the most anticipated fight of that fight card. For one fifty or for one fifty nine. And well, you may say, Oh, what about one fifty eight and its narratives? I mean, it's eh. Like, I mean 205. Eh. 145 is pretty interesting. Like it's it's an interesting card, but it doesn't have that wow factor. Like, it's almost like a team that has young talent, but it are developing it. Right now, 135 is contending, or contending to be the best division. You know, it's that championship level-esque, which is ironic considering that it's the DFC. But 135 is like a juggernaut right now. 248 is like the New England Patriots. 135 is like the Kansas City Chiefs. 170 right now is like the Baltimore Ravens. 155 is like the Denver Broncos. 145 is like the New York Jets. Well, no, I wouldn't say Jets. I would say the. Trying to think of a team off the top of my head. Woo. The Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. There we go. Is that the Buffalo Bills? So, 135 is the Kansas City Chiefs. 1 245, 248 is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 185 is like the New England Patriots. 1 Seventy is like the Baltimore Ravens. 155s, the Buffalo Bills. One seven or one forty five is like the Chargers. Cause both young cores just don't know how to play it. And two oh five is the fucking Jets. And uh I'll tell you why because 240 205 is not entertaining at all. Like the 145 main event could have easily main evented. Any fight like the Woods versus whatever you call fight probably would have outs outsold the current fight going on. It would have outsold it. And it's just Not that to comment on it necessarily, but you you get a sense of where I'm coming from with this because it's really hard to comment about the DFC. I mean, let me pull this up right now. (laughs) Jogi, couldn't more to say, Alright, so he's pulling... They're pulling up the, the card right now. And so far, this is the 158 headline. Sushi versus Bobby Green, which in itself isn't a bad fight. I mean, eh. So we have the 205 strap. We have the 148 strap or 145 strap on the line. Then we have a lightweight fight. Yeah, lightweight is going to get introduced. Then we have Roger versus Kwame, which I think is probably the most interesting fight um, coming into this fight card. Um The Then we have Heavyweight. That's gonna be a good fight. Uh GPM versus Wumble, that's gonna be a good fight. And like I said, I hate having that narrative of like, oh my god, this is gonna be good and this is gonna be bad, but it really isn't. It this fight right now is going to be the best fight, off the card easily. Now I have Wonder Boy versus Khalid. Eh. Uh, we have Valentine versus Floyd in two o five. That's going to be a decent fight. Deshaun Ingram is actually going to fight. Died. Uh. DeGian and featherweight so that it's so another featherweight fight which is actually a lot of these fights have interesting takes but I don't know it's weird this, this car lacks the oomph you know Sushi is probably the most boring champ in the DFC and I wouldn't even be surprised if Bobby Green wins it. I wouldn't be surprised. Who wouldn't? The fight night that happened two nights ago, uh, saw Jaw versus Wadi. That fight got actually called to a no contest. And the rankings as of right now, cause. I want to get Stewie into this as soon as possible. For heavyweight, here's the top five. Paul Logan, Dachi, KMJ, um, Booker's still up there at the number three slot. Keith and DPM, and that's why I think the Keith versus um Womster Fight's gonna be good to see. And then the 205, you're gonna have Jaw. Bobby Green, Helvin, Dario, Woodley, so also that Valentine versus Woodley fight's going to be good. Then we have Sushi as a champion at one eighty five. We have Yami, Jordy, Trey, Chandler, and Kwame, which is a juggernaut. Top five, probably the best top five, arguably. Um, and then we have Jose Aschamp at 170. You have Brian Ortega. Smart. Eh. It's not really that guy. Blue face is good. Jake has taken too long to even fight for the belt. He was around when I was renting my terror at two, Uh, at 170. And then we have Jamal, who, I don't know. I think Brian will probably give Stu the most problems in that. Even though he's coming off a loss. Then for one fifty-five we have Blake, we have Tiago Santos, Conor McGregor, uh, Matt Mitchell, Michael Chandler, and David Griffin. It's a eh. one forty eight. We're gonna have Pedro Um Kai uh Dijon Deshaun. I don't know. It's it's just, like I said, it's a lot of build-up. Like, a lot of these fights are build-ups. And then 135, you have Woods, Kenji, TJ, Paul, and Cody. And then Kerry has a champ. By the way, the top four has more wins. At least a four, like half of their wins within splitting. So it's going to be good. This is the Rundown for the South. Sorry I got boring to them. Sorry I got boring to them. I tend to uh, ramble on. But this is the Rundown for the South. Episode 7. See you after this sponsor. As always, the Rundown for the South. This episode is brought to you in part by the guys over at ESPN get ESPN Plus, and also, I believe Disney is having a 50% off, off of Disney Plus, so there, it comes with the bundle between ESPN Plus as well, so you're able to stream the fights like DFC 124, for example, as a lead up, or more fight cards in the previous, thank you guys over at ESPN for sponsoring us, and let's move on. listeners, and viewers of the Run Down for the South podcast. I am Kim Minjong, your host for this episode, and we are back from the sponsor break, so you know what that means. It's time to bring on the reigning, defending DFC 170 champion, my longtime friend, former rival, Stewie Griffin. What's going on? Or Stewie Griffin. Hey, what's up? Friend, I should say. Nothing much. Yeah. Nothing much. You yeah. know, this... The way, and I'll just dive in right into it, the way that the DFC has been, like, especially through 157, I say right now between 157 and 159 is going to be sort of lackluster. There's not going to be that. I mean,
1: 159 could have something, but, you know, probably not.
0: You know, and I feel like – because obviously there's there's two fighters standing in the same booth right now that may expect to fight at 170. Those for the fans of – or my bad at 159 because 158, we didn't get the call either. So, like I said, we're just still uh, waiting, and I feel like it's either going to be you, then me, or me, then you. If not, um, it's going to happen at the same card. So, yeah, I feel I- like –
1: I think I like right middleweight now, 50, is defending yeah. at 159, but I don't know.
0: Oh, that could be too. I I don't even consider middleweight like that because I didn't. Middleweight just get off winning a title.
1: Um, I think that was at 154, so they would be due for a uh, defense by then.
0: Yeah, heavyweight's long overdue. Heavyweight's long overdue.
1: Because uh, I don't th- I don't think there's going to be a title fight for 160 because that's going to be Booker versus Lopaka.
0: Well, first off, that fight shouldn't even be a main event. And I'll tell you why. Lopaka is the most overrated fighter.
1: Yeah, Lopaka is. Yeah, in, is, the, in
0: the DFC, like, let's be honest. Booker is annoying. Book, book, Booker's annoying. Yeah, you just, say yeah, Booker is annoying. I won't say which Booker. I won't say which Booker. I'll leave that for the people of, and you to figure out which Booker I mean.
2: Yeah.
0: But I don't know. The Lopaka versus Booker fight, that's not really a big, that's not a really interesting fight to make unless that fight's happening at 205. Unless Booker gets intro- introduced into that division, which makes things a little bit interesting in that division. I don't see yeah. shit happening. Like, I mm-hmm. really don't see. They need to – because Egg White tweeted out that um, 160 and 161 are going to be really big cards. Well, what do you mean by that? Are you going to have Yamazaki and have Paul Logan versus Cam J happen? Is is, is that going to be the fight to make? Are we going to have well, I don't know, the, the clash at 170 to 185? Are we going to see the jump from 170 all the way down to 155? Are we going to see that?
2: You know, well, there's, I mean...
0: a, there's a – and I know I, um, I asked this sort of counterintuitive to you, and I'll, I'll give you a second right now just to add to what I'm saying, but you control sort of the destiny of what happens between those two divisions. Because, I mean, Blake,
2: eh, eh.
0: Jose, yeah, he's good. Jose's good. Jose's good. Jose's good. Now, is Blake good? Give him credit. I'll give him credit. Not as much credit as I'll give Jose, though.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna say Jose. He got off. He got off with a razor thin, like split decision against like the greatest middleweight of all time. And then instead of giving him the rematch, he goes for the super fight.
0: I mean, well, technically. Technically, and, I, and I'll explain the situation just in case you didn't listen to the last episode of where I literally went off on like an hour tangent of it, but technically, that is the right choice. And 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 I'll, I'll break it down for you just so I can sort of, so just so you can see where I'm coming from. I know it was yeah. a razor thin split decision, but he won that fight. So he's a champ. He can decide whatever he wants to do with, with that title. Yeah, he's, honoring that the like title. he's honoring the title by letting the talent de- develop. Now, this is a very good point that I'll sit here and make for you. Trey and Kwame, and I think maybe Val – no, I think that's 205. But Trey, Kwame, and Jordy – They have a shot. And if they beat Yamazaki, now they actually have a real fighting chance. And it's more so giving the other people the the opportunity instead of saying, well, just because he's one of the greatest heavyweights of all time, he deserves an instant rematch. Like, I get the decision was extremely close, but that's what title fights should always come down to. They should always come down to Razor Thin, where it's more so (laughs) like instead of expecting dominance, as a fight fan, I want to see a good fight. I don't want to see a dominant fight.
1: I mean, yeah, we're talking about all that. But Yamazaki has beaten all of those three people, I'm pretty sure.
0: Well, he hasn't beat Trey. And he and like I said, there was, there was a claim that Ego McMahon brought up that I want to just go ahead and refute real quick. You said that Yamazaki has beaten most of the people in the top five. Well, he hasn't beaten Trey. And Trey, I think right now, counts for that belt. Like, that's how good Trey – I think he could beat Yamazaki. He hasn't, he well, hasn't I mean, won Trent. He hasn't won Chandler.
1: But he hasn't that, won Trey. You know, I, I'd respect that decision if, like, he was giving the shot to Trey, but – Instead, he wants to hold up the division by fighting some, by fighting like someone else in like a completely different division that he had, like no ties to whatsoever other than this.
0: Well, I mean, I mean, even if it's for money or for hype, it makes things at one eighty five a lot more interesting. And I feel like as a result of that, the DFC is going to start pushing Trey and Chandler more because now the narratives get interesting. Now, it now just because you have a super fight, it makes all the people fighting in that division, just because the champion has the main focus of that division at that current time, it makes them be pushed more, meaning they have more shots. Meaning, instead of having 185 as like sort of like a dead division, it has life now as Jose. And I feel like Jose is going to be the champion for a long time. Because I think he beats Yamazaki again because he did it. He did it once. You know, people really can't say what-if scenarios at at the end of a decision. They can say more so what's going to happen rather than what could have happened. If that makes sense. If that makes sense to you.
1: Yeah, I'd say that, but, like, you could argue that Yamazaki won the fight, too. That's the thing.
0: Yeah, and I feel like I feel like Yamazaki didn't win the fight where it mattered. He he may have won the fight between the fight fans, but ultimately, the other two judges that scored the contest, 49-46 and 40...
1: 40 I, I gave it a 48-47. I was... Honestly, I was honestly this close to giving Yamazaki round three instead.
0: Yeah, because that's the question of who won round three. I give it to Jose because number one, Yami wasn't able really to land enough damage. Like he did land a few shots here. But like I said, I I pick shaving down and tiring out the opponent because Yamazaki started to breathe a little bit later in the fight and he didn't have his heart all in so he rather focused on the championship rounds and I'm not saying that it isn't important because obviously we saw the carry fight between um, carry and Kenji happen where she just ult- ultimately dominated the first half of the fight but Jose won the last three rounds he won the last yeah. three rounds he was down one- yeah, two that- zero, and he came back so and like I said, and that's that's something that you can't teach. You cannot teach heart. You can't yeah, teach that's, heart. Hmm. And,
1: that's the thing with five I, round fights. Like once you exit the third round, like the fourth and fifth round are just a battle of wills at that point.
0: Well, I would I would argue the whole entire fight is. I would argue the whole know, like entire when you, fight.
1: I'm talking oh, about like in, in, the the, first round? in the fourth and fifth round. It, oh, shit. In the fourth and fifth round, it, what really comes to show is like a fighter's cardio, their heart, their willpower, their ability like, to stay in the but, fight.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, because like I said, I'm going to go back because there's an example that I've used and I'm using it for more bits now. Uh, Me versus Lo low uh, Lopaka. That fifth round is a great example of heart and will. Jose versus Yamazaki. You want to talk about someone who who fought the who gave it not only hundred percent effort but that extra ten percent just to edge out arguably the greatest fighter of all time. And now I'm saying arguably here. And yeah, yeah, generation. yeah, arguably, definitely. And of our generation because of the dominance that Yami's done to beat the greatest middleweight of all time. That's no easy feat. That's no easy. Yeah, it's like if yeah, that's from, not just easy at all. Perspective. It's like if it's like if Oscar Mendez beat you, or if here I should say Wonder Boy beat you. That's the type of performance that Wonder Boy would have to pull off.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like- yeah,
0: you know, and I feel like right now the DFC is trying to write a lot of narratives, and I feel like it could do well. Like I'm, I'm not saying that DFC 158 isn't necessarily a bad card, but it isn't the best card. It isn't the best card out of out of like a lot of fights and everything yeah. like that with the narrative writing. Like I feel like 157, even 157 points, for, for example could be seen as sort of lackluster, especially the main event. Because, uh, I mean, uh, it's interesting, but I feel like the co-main outdid the main event, if that makes sense. Like, there there was... Yeah, is, yeah
1: that's kind of one of those, like, rare events where, like, the, the co-main kind of stole the show. Or, like, so, yeah, some other event yeah. other than the main event kind of just stole the show.
0: Because, I mean... I mean, Blake looked well in that fight, but it's not one of those fights where I'm like, oh, cool. You know, and I feel like. Yeah. Even even the 156 pay per view, that was good. Yeah, That that was good. The 155 card, extremely good. Yeah. You know, none of these fights missed. None of them missed. Yeah, and I feel like 158 is a little bit of a letdown because I feel like there's not much to anticipate because again, the D, uh, the DFC right now is starting to build a narrative. It's starting to build a narrative, and that narrative is gonna is going to get dropped at one sixty 160 or one sixty one, and it's. It's one of those things of well, what happens now? Because, because right now, as of right now, I think heavyweight is probably heavyweight or one seventy is going to be the next belt. I mean, maybe one eighty five, but I would probably see Jose either challenge Sushi, for, well, not Sushi not at all. I probably see Jose probably challenge you at one eighty five. Because if he ends yeah, up being uh, Stewie, because if he if he ends up being Stewie, like there may be some excuse with the weight, with the weight, um, with gaining more weight, but that shouldn't stop you. It, it in fact, you should be better than what you are at one seventy to. The I honest. mean, I mean, yeah, I kind of,
1: I kind of walk around at one, like he, Stewie the Third, he walks around at like one eighty six or something like that, so.
0: So number one, the weight cut—he can literally just focus on training for Jose, and yeah. only have to cut weight one pound, or no, he doesn't even have to cut at all. He can just focus yeah, on just, the fight camp.
1: Yeah, he just has to like watch his weight from time to time.
0: Because I know Cam um, J rocks walks around two fifteen.
1: Yeah, imagine imagine cutting from like two fifteen to like one seventy
0: something
1: like that Um, wait didn't you used to be a bantamweight
0: he he, no i 155 155 and at 155 he was walking around like 180 which isn't that bad you know considering Um, like other fighters like at 200 pounds are cutting all the way down to 135
1: that's like 25 pounds of weight cutting
0: yeah but in retrospect cutting that hard isn't necessarily as much as fighters do nowadays and i say nowadays as in like the ufc yeah weight cuts but it's still a lot like it's it's still draining to go from like all the way from like because he was walking around like 180-ish yeah uh, at lightweight which isn't a bad weight cut it's i mean it's still bad but not as bad it's like a
1: Figueredo, he walked around at like one seventy or something, and he he fights in flyweight. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Like he cuts up. Yeah. Peak, the amount of weight he cuts is equivalent to cutting off your own leg. Mm-hmm. And I'm not kidding when I say that.
0: Mm-hmm. And, like I said, and then welterweight was easier because, like I said, he was he was weight cutting around like 10 pounds. So it wasn't as draining The move up yeah. to heavyweight was a lot of dietary switch. And he just bulked up. Like I, I, I'm speaking in third person, but I bulked up for heavyweight and it, yeah. and it's one of those things of if that low pocket and I feel like I'm trailing off a little bit, But going into the Lopaka scenario, um, I don't think it's. eh. I don't know. I I I just don't like the idea. Yeah, and um, you know, there's a lot of fighters of, there's a lot of weaker fighters that are just vibing right now. Like I'm looking at the Twitter (laughs) as we talk, and 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 it's. Not anything to say, but Lopaka says closer and closer to redemption at hashtag DFC160. Well, That's I not can't, a good fucking fight. That,
1: that, yeah, that's no. not
0: interesting. Like, I know it's going to do sales, but it's not going to sell out.
1: Yeah, no. It's and definitely not going
0: to. Number one, I feel like Lopaka is more so in over his head than anyone. Like, because I think ESPN talked about it earlier in calling on... Um, in calling, um, in calling the uh, Lopaka. Lopaka saying that he is like the most popular. That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. Like, Carrie is popular because she has all hype. Carrie's all hype, and I still mm-hmm. stand by that. Even though she's the champion, she has yeah. all hype. Paul is popular because of the request beef. KMJ is popular because he went to war with a lot of fighters. Like, those are the faces of the DFC right now. I was talking, yeah. and the top, and the top few faces right now includes you, me, Paul, Kerry. Faces of the DFC. Yeah. No one else. No one else. Yeah. KMJ, number one, number one, the KMJ versus Lopaka fight happened because KMJ made it happen. Yeah. Uh, it's not to say... Oh. It's not to say right now. And a uh, brother called Lopaka trash. Uh, called Lopaka wash all you want. There's no argument he is not the most popular. No, he isn't. He's not the most popular fighter. And... And KMJ sells fights. Like I, I I don't I don't think ever since DFC eighty six or eighty seven I don't I don't think a pay per view with KMJ not in that card hasn't sold out or hasn't performed extremely well. Hmm. Nothing misses. Nothing misses. Like even with you, even with you. Now Lopaka fight. Yeah. Yeah. Two hundred five. Two hundred five is bland. Lopaka is the face of the division, and that's not even the most interesting fighter in that division. Helvin, Helvin, a former champ, is the most popular fighter in that division. Maybe Dan if he steps up, but I don't even know about that.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. I yeah. Yeah, that's all but, I really have to say. Um, you
0: know, it's it's, it's... it's just one of those things where, like I said, the DFC is doing narrative running right now. It's doing narrative yeah. running. And, you know, I it, it's funny because uh, when we were commentating a few fights, because I've now had the chance to over this month, last month, to commentate a few fights with you. It's fun yeah. because we get in the... and in this talk of, like, who can challenge the belt. Yeah. And we haven't really missed with any of the predictions. Number one, we said yeah, really. Woods at two, uh, at 135. We said, well, featherweight, not yet. I think Kai's going to become the champion. And then, uh, mm. which, which is funny enough, considering that Tyrese is in that division. Tyrese is the most unsuccessful fighter in DFC history. He can never win a belt. You know, Pedro, the greatest bantamweight of all time, Pedro Sosa, he's back. Ped,
1: Pednero? Uh,
0: oh, Pednero?
1: Yeah, there, there's Pednero and there's Pedro.
0: Oh, so the brother of Pedro.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, Carving a name out for themselves. You know, I, it's. 135 looks like the best division in the DFC. Or the most explosive division right now. Because you have four people that can. Or actually, five people that can easily swing ways at the title.
1: Yeah. I mean, you uh, had like a. And- a, Car- a Carlos Garcia, he was like treading water at welterweight. He was like one in four or something. He nearly challenged for the belt at Featherweight.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, he was that close. You know and it's and it's one of those things of where like I said the DFC is gonna it's necessarily a, it's not land, but it's not the best. Like you, you could tell that they're taking a break. And it, I feel yeah. like D F C one fifty eight and one fifty nine are gonna be like the filler episodes that we see off of like T V shows and comics or manga yeah. or anime. It's, it's it, it, it it just like subdiverts the I mean, topic. I don't like, know the like, the- like, in a nutshell, in a nutshell it's like family guy. Like like a family guy episode. But like the cutaways are like the whole entire episode.
1: Oh my god, I hate those episodes.
0: Yeah, so it's, sud- it's sub diverges from the actual topic, but I feel like it's to make it interest, or the intent is to write the narratives and push these young contenders or the contenders in those divisions. But that, start- that starts at 185. That's yeah. at 185.
1: But I, I do to... think
0: you should take... I do think you should take... The, if you're offered that fight, which I know your management team is talking about, I think you should take that fight. Number one, not- number one, it's all gain, no lose for you. The to fuck, be honest, the fuck it's here. all gain. It's all gain, no lose, lose for your situation because you still have the 170 strap and you're still going to be considered the most dominant. Now, if however, if you do lose. That's where your narrative of like, that's when Jose now starts getting into the the greatest fighter in the generation.
2: Yeah, so it, this arguably, is arguably
0: because he beat the right, two best. Right. That that that's all Jose has for him, but it does everything well. Because if he ends up, I'm not saying it will happen, but there's a possibility of him pulling off an upset against you. And then now now I, we're sitting here saying does Yamazaki really need a challenge for the belt?
1: Um, after a performance I, like that. I mean it, he still like proved that he could like contend for a belt again but he lost that's the thing. But, yeah,
0: he, but Yamazaki he, lost and but no he other... still
1: can he still can challenge for a title like soon
0: Mm-hmm. Soonish, but I it's, it's the argument if if Jose does win his next defense and either if it's dominant or even if he like like split like wins via split decision against you or Trey or Jordy for example. Yeah. The question really does beg of has John really earned it? And my answer is no. I I, I don't see any reason why. The other contenders who worked as hard as anyone else on this planet, anyone else on this planet, should even yes. think about. Should even think about it. just because Yamazaki is considered a Hall of Fame, that just because one gear stops, that doesn't going to make all the other gears stop in that division.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And Jose is a champ now, so, he, so now yeah. he can really play politics. Now he can really play politics. All right, Kwame, you want the fight? Chandler, you want the fight? Trey, you want the fight? Jordy, you want the fight? Stewie, you want the fight? You know, and I feel like okay. a really good example of that is 135. And I know I'm sort of, like, jumping back and forth, like, from car to car, yeah. or cabin to cabin. But, like I said, I still don't think is the best at that division.
1: Well, who is the best at the division? I mean, you're going to say Cedric Woods. Me,
0: Cedric Woods. If you had if If you had asked me... Cedric. And yep, I knew it. And the only reason why I said it... And the only reason why I say this... Because beating two people right now... That are sitting at the champion slate... And the number two slate... Meaning beating the, both the champion and the content... And the former champion... Reckon not at the same time, but there What else has to be said? Like I feel like Carrie coming off a Cody Garbrandt win doesn't really do anything. I mean, yeah, uh... coming off the Cody win. eh, Shaky, shaky. And that's why that's why I feel like I feel like Woods got upset, and I pers- personally got upset more so because not of the situation, but like I said, Woods has been sitting for that shot for a long time. Like, he's had a yeah. weight. He, he, he's he's had a weight, and I feel like if he lost against Kenji, if he did, which is ironic considering that I'm not more so a person in the past, then now, really, you get the comparisons of like a Steven Wonderboy. Like, and it's yeah. not even to say because Woods is nice. Woods is nice. And the only reason why Woods has shifted so much is because he's been in the division since its infancy. Keep in mind, since its infancy, he's seen it all. And he's always been a top 10 contender. He's never once fallen off. The lowest he's been ranked is number eight. He went to war with the greatest of all time. You know, there there's no one more deserving right now, especially since he's more so established for the 135 fight against Kerry. Because Kerry, mm. Kerry, Kerry's going to have to give 110% because she lost. She yeah. lost against Woods. You know, it's one mm. thing to say that Especially, especially we, we can both attest to this, but it's, it's one thing to say that I beat the contender now that I'm facing, so it's more so easier to prep for because you're just prepping for the same stuff and just honing in on your mistakes, but it's harder to do when they beat you and you're still the champion. Yeah. It's a lot harder to correct the mistakes that you make rather than... Uh, rather than limit yourself to... She had a lot to learn in that fight.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And I'm saying right now, the Kenji fight did her no justice. Yeah. Two different styles, two different fighters. Maybe for boxing, but if this fight ends up going into the clinch and it ends up becoming a dirty fight, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Curry made distance manage, but Woods is tall. Woods has a 79-inch reach advantage. 79-inch? He yes, he's 6'3". Keep in mind, and there there were memes about this, of the Kenji versus Woods fight, where he's 6'3", with a 79-inch reach advantage, but he's fighting at bantamweight. For retrospect, Sean O'Malley is around six feet one, maybe five eleven, fighting at bantamweight in the UFC. Failed in the DFC. The ultimate failure in the DFC. So it was this podcast. But just for retrospect, he fought Kenji, who was 5'8 8, 68 inch, inch Yeah. What's his long? He's tall. Yeah. He's going up a, a woman who is like 5'4, 135. Like she has to,
2: mm-hmm.
0: she has to add pounds to make weight. Yeah. Versus someone who's like cutting like 70 pounds. Like it's just mm-hmm. unhuman. It's it's unhuman. And Woods is 31, maybe 30. So he's in the prime of his career, P- physical prime physical body prime so i I don't know we'll see any predictions for this uh 158 fight card though i'm calling it 158 even though egg fucked up on the card
1: no i can't check it because it'll kick me out if i do
0: okay well i'll just read it off for you number one for the main event we have sushi versus bobby green
1: oh sushi for sure
0: now I will say if Bobby pulls up an upset upset, which I I actually have Bobby winning that fight. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, because sushi's boring. The, the way that I mean, Bobby fights, he'll be able to keep the fight off the ground. He's he's really technical. He's like extremely technical. So is Hall. Yeah. Time. Yeah. The Conan event is gonna be between the uh, Pedro Sosa. And
1: Kai. Um, I don't. I don't see it going out of the third round. I don't really.
0: What like, I really Kai just do a, not see that going the into the championship round. Oh, it's BJJ versus BJJ. So whoever wins that striking battle, I say Kai pulls off the upset. So I have both the number twos winning in that. We have David Griffin. One of your relatives versus Matt Mitchell at 155. The hmm. five uh, versus the six.
1: I really don't know, to be honest. I
0: Boxer versus defensive boxer.
1: Well, That's we've seen this battle box before. Box. I think... A majority of the time the defensive boxer wins because they're able to you know counter them so well so
0: yeah but d job's been like extremely broken
1: i i've tried it before i i it it's okay i would say like
0: mm-hmm. not, nothing for, to, like go
1: crazy about
0: i have yeah. I think we could both say that we have David winning.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Next, we have 185, which is going to be an interesting battle. Roger Navarro versus Kwame.
1: Didn't Roger retire?
0: No. Roger's still
1: fighting. What? That's weird. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, he got booked. Now, if this fight were to happen, which it's announced it's it's going to happen, I think Roger wins.
1: Yeah, I'd say Roger. Because... Uh, well, let's just put it in perspective, like, against, like, other people, like, against a champ, like, well, uh, the former champion of Ozaki. But, you know, I think Roger, I think before Jose was the last person to win around against Yamazaki before Jose. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I think
1: that was like I think he was like the last person to win around against Yamazaki. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. So you have Roger winning that one. Next I yeah. think it's probably going to be the best fight of the card.
2: You know, probably one of, yeah.
0: One of the best fights on the card. And it's going to mm-hmm. be Womster versus DPM. Yeah, that's going to probably the, be the best fight. Yeah, and like I said, it's a lot of narrative building. I have, have. Womster winning. Actually, no, Actually. I don't. Turns out, I have DPM uh, winning. Yeah. Yeah, both yeah, stars, say, both, yeah, both styles are. Eh. Yeah. It's a it's a kickboxing match. Huh?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Next we have Wonder Boy versus oh this is gonna be a fight that you're gonna watch, uh Wonder Boy versus K- um I believe Khalid. Khalid. K- yeah. What do you have for that?
1: Khalid has been talking. It's insane, that like how like good he thinks he is, or something. Like he legitimately thinks like he's gonna like, like beat me in like like one round or something like that, probably.
0: So who do you have for that fight? Because um, obviously they're on their ra- they're on your radar because that's your division.
1: I'm. So you're say, more well
0: versed than me about
1: I I kind of want Wonderboy to win just so I can just so I can rub in Khalid's face. But um it could really go either way to be honest.
0: Mm-hmm. Um I have I have I have Khalid winning that fight. Yeah. Cuz I mean Wonderboy's Wonder good, but I again mm-hmm. karate is the worst style in the game. Or, I should say, in the DFC. Like, there's never really been a successful karate fighter. I guess you can name one. Going on to um, the number two fight that I think is going to be the most interesting fight. Valentine here um, versus Woodley. At
2: 205. Yeah. Yeah. Say that. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: But I have um. Or no, actually, it's heavyweight. It's um, heavyweight. Wait, no, no, <laughs> it is two hundred five. It is two hundred five. My bad. I am. I apologize for that. It is two hundred five. So yeah, I think both well, boxers. I think. I think Valentine pulls it off. Gets his tenth career win. Yeah. Anything else to comment on that fight?
1: No, not really, to be honest.
0: Okay, moving on. I'm just going to list these off. Deshaun versus uh, Dijon at 145. That's going to be actually, that's a highlight fight. That's a highlight fight. And the reason why yeah. I, I'm highlighting the prelim card, which is really good now that I'm looking mm-hmm. at it, um, That's going to be one of the fights to look out for, considering what the Coleman has. Because yeah. the three hole versus the four hole, mm-hmm. and the winner that's going to challenge for the belt. So keep an eye on those, ladies and gents listening. Yep. Merson versus Tim Kennedy.
2: Yeah.
0: At 205, Merson uh, versus Tim. One's BJJ, the other's Judah. One more time.
2: Yeah.
0: I think Merson wins.
1: Yeah, Merson.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Merson could win.
0: Definitely. Ooh, I sense, some, hesit- I sense some, uh, some hesitation. Okay, now getting on to the last prelim fight, we have Welterweight. Your division again. We have Samson versus Milo uh Milo Denton.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's so messed up. Okay, then next we have we have Tony Ferg versus versus Yes. I think Tony wins that fight,
1: yeah, tony Tony keeps rolling
0: mm-hmm. uh, yeah next we have Alvaro Johnson at one thirty five versus pot potato versus uh,
1: potato never it's gonna be an auto win for I already forgot his fucking name, but um potato okay. is potato it, he's never, he never fights. He never fights. Like you can ping him all you want. He, you can DM him all you want. He straight up what? says no. I don't want to fight.
0: Well, I mean, I got him. I got to fight him. I got to fight him. But that was like two months back. Next, yeah, we have no. The most interesting fight in all of DMC history, ladies and gentlemen. I'm trying to give some energy off just so we can finish off the fight car because it's it's getting stale. Just like the fight card itself, uh, we have mm-hmm. last fight to kick off the whole entire DFC card. We have Cloak versus Stewie the Sixth.
2: Hmm.
0: Now I I yeah. don't have any information on Stewie. Care to give some more?
1: He's a judo fighter. Mm-hmm.
0: He throws people. Um. I- Anything else like what separates them?
1: Um nothing really. It's basically just the regular Griffin just except he's a judo fighter. Mm. So instead of like just taking you down, he will throw you. Yeah. Almost like a polo then. Yeah, kinda like that. Yeah. I was gonna make him I was gonna make Stewie the Six middleweight, but then I thought Wait a second. Because if I if I beat Jose at middleweight, then I'm I'm I'd have to i I'd have to move i have to move him to another division.
0: Yeah, because there there's also talks about I don't know if you heard but Addison White. And she was supposed to originally go up to one forty five. But mm. she asked to fly down one hundred eighty five. Which also, one thing I want to yell at, I want to scold Mm Egg. If Egg does end up listening to this, I want to scold him and say, update the fucking middleweight rankings, please, because I'm sick and tired of having non-ranked fighters or unranked fighters fight each other. Just to to get people that they've already beat up in that situation. Yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. So, revive 185 and give it the tension and love and care that it does because it has a chance to become the most interesting division in the DFC. Right now, that's 135 and 170 and 248. But any songs that you're listening to right now? Any songs that you're listening to? That's been heavily heavy in your workout. Mm. Stewie,
1: I I just said, I don't usually like listen to music or anything. I just
0: ah, oh, you're so yeah. old. I for I forgot. You're fucking old. <laughs> it's like talking to your grandpa. I'm only fifteen. No, nah, it's like talking to a grandpa. You don't like anything. You're like, eh. Eh. <laughs> the yeah. Let's not... do Yeah, He's a judo person that likes throwing people around. Man. Yeah, I don't. Know, nothing really yeah, exciting I... about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't. It. I.
1: It's a. All... Yeah, I'm kind of. If I'm honest. I- I'm kind of losing interest in the DFC. Not gonna lie.
0: No, don't lose interest. It becomes boring as soon as you're a champion cause you don't have shit to focus about except your division and <clears throat> what you want to do. Like, I, I, yeah. I, I'm, i like, at that stage where I was burnt out as soon as I captured the 170 ch- chip, and then I, as soon as I lost the belt, I'm, like, you know what? I want to become a four-time division uh, champ. Yeah. You know, champ. But
1: uh,
0: champ, I, I've, just,
1: I've just generally just been losing interest in, just in general.
0: Well, like I said, because uh, the uh, DFC really hasn't had anything as, like, like, as a fighter, like, as a fighter fight fan, there's, like, really nothing yeah, no. About, yeah. about this fight card that makes, eh. It's like, eh. Like, but, I'm... And I felt that way. I felt that way about the previous, like, DFC fight cards, like, the last two, more specifically, Over on am like, mm-hmm. eh, eh. Mm-hmm. I mean, I paid attention... Yeah. To so the carry one because again carry is all hype. No, no. Yeah, you know. I do want to talk about one more thing before I let you go, and mm-hmm. it's uh uh. What do you think about the? And I just want your thoughts and and opinion on that finish by Woods because some fighters say that it was a BM, like it 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 wasn't necessary. It's a crank for TKO.
1: Um, Cedric versus
0: Kenji uh, resulted. Yeah, it resulted in a crank TKO.
1: Um, well, here's the thing. I'm kind of neutral on this because on one side, like, yeah, you're being you're being safe with that, like, you know, you're cranking to finish. But on the other end, you could also probably just get off with a just a G punch, A Maybe do some extra damage too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but overall, I think the crank is the more safe, safer decision. Yeah. I mean,
0: towards that third round, he could have won out at any second as soon as that yeah. hit the ground.
1: Yeah, but what I do have a problem with is like people who like use like crank, 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 crank like four or five times in a row. That's those are the people. Hey,
2: those are the people that hey, I Siri, have problems with.
0: Siri, Siri. Dude, what? Dude. What? It's fighting smart. It's fighting smart. It's fighting smart. <laughs> Well, I mean, not if you're
1: like using it like four, 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 yes, five or five times is. in like yes, a row. Is. That's just. Yes, it is.
0: That's not just. Spamming. It's not spamming. It's fighting smart. Because number one, you're not losing any health. What's the worst thing that happens? They escape? Or you get pulled back into full guard?
1: That can happen on G Punch.
0: Well, no. you and so can see submit.
1: It submit never run. fucking works. Mhm. Wasn't it
0: like
1: wasn't it given like a D here or something?
0: Yeah. I've not done submission rankings in a minute. Mm, yeah. That submission used to be broken way before you captured the title.
1: I like think BM choke would probably be S tier. Arm
0: triangle or or... S yes, tier.
1: Yeah, arm triangle, definitely. Arm triangle and BM choke are probably the two yeah. best subs in yeah. the game.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Any final thoughts?
1: Um, I just want to say one thing about Jose. The, um, the thing that. I have beaten one-dimensional, like, boxers like him before. Brian Ortega, you know what fucking happened to him. I I made that man turn to BJJ because I said once, in general, how much I hate fighting BJJ. Um, there's a... There was Jake Hawkins where... Where I... I, I yeah, that was a pretty even fight, and, well, we know what happened. Um... But yeah, I've beaten one dimensional boxers like him before, and that's not going to be different this time. That's all I really have to say. Yeah, I'll be. It's fun being here. Stay safe, and see you next time.
0: This episode of the Rundown for the South podcast is brought to you by the guys over at Allstate. And Max, yeah, believe it or not, um, you are all in good hands. Use Allstate for your life insurance, especially if you're in Stockton and you get smacked by Nate Diaz or Nick Diaz. And- or maybe even Addison White. She's a new addition to the DFC as of this sponsor, both from Stockton. You know, who knows? Use the code, The Rundown for the South, for 100% off your first meeting with an all-state stat, all insurance manager. That is The Rundown for the South. Check out for 100% off your first meeting for free. Bratti, ladies and gents, that was Stewie. I had a pleasure interviewing him. I almost sort of got stale towards then, but that's because I'm getting tired. You know, I sort of pulled a DSC and I put more energy into the start of the DSC. But one thing I want to talk about is, is the October releases for K pop. I know I touched on it a little bit briefly on episode 7 of the Rundown for the South. But we have TWICE coming out tomorrow. We have Pixie coming out on the 7th. And then, hold on. Let me just look at the dates for K-pop releases in October. October. 17's coming back. ASPA's coming back. This is going to be really good. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, okay. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Okay, I'm reading an article from South China Morning Post from the South China Morning Post, and it says October is packed with releases from Twice uh, to Seventeen's EP Attacka on October 20. C L is also dropping her album. Okay. So going down with the rising rookie group, Aspa will release their first EP, uh, Savage, in October. The, uh, I'm reading the article right now. October is going to be full of high-profile releases from the, some of the biggest names in the K-pop industry. The month will kick off. In a big way for girl groups, when Twice's uh, first official English single, The Fuels, which I'm not gonna play it because I don't wanna get copyrighted, but it's a banger. Um, days later comes the highly anticipated release of Savage from ASPA, which girls draws- kick ass in next level and black mamba like they've never missed. And I know SM does some experimental type shit, but Aspa never misses. They're all they they back it up. Okay. The first half of October will be including uh full of newer groups releases including and hyphen. And Hyphen's coming back. Have you guys listened to it? Listen to Fever and Drunken Days. Like I know. I'm going to sound like a casual fan. Or like a casual stan I guess you could say. But. That's Hype. Hype is. Boy group central. 17. BTS. And Hyphen. And I believe. TXT. And. Uh oh Tree or Tribe Triba uh, which I haven't even checked out. I don't know how popular they are or how they've become. I mean here. I'll just look at this up on Instagram right now. If I got a tree look up. Cause I mean they got Volvo, which if any you guys know within like the last few Okay, Trivia Loco. Okay, they have 100K. Okay, they're there. They're there. But, I mean, they're coming back, right? They're coming back. Oh, also, Pixie's coming back on the 7th. I know I said it, like, a few minutes ago. But, Pixie is the standout girl group of this year. 100%. Also, Stacy stereotype, banger. Banger. They never miss. They're gonna they're gonna they're really gonna kill it. Um Lightsome. Oh, lightsum's coming back. On the 13th. Called Light a Wish. Now, Lightsome had uh vanilla, I believe it is. Yeah, vanilla. Attack seventeen. Seeing it. Solois will have a big month as well with we'll see Woodsy's coming back. Only Lover's EP on October 5th. So in a week from now. The same day as Got7's J's first e- EP Colors release. Yo Yo Yuri Will be dropping the second Or will become the second former Eyes 1 to be So Yuri From Eyes 1 if you uh, Is 1 or Eyes 1. We'll be dropping Glassy. October is a traditionally a busy month for K pop acts and all uh angling for a chance to appear on the year end show awards where artists perform their hit songs. Recent hit uh hit tr- uh recent hits tend to get more of a spotlight at these shows than songs re- released earlier in the year. Which is why we see like Mnet do like the halfway M.A.M.A.s. Okay, other high-profile releases are expected to be announced before the end of the year, including a rumored album from BTS. Like, if it's a full English album, it's going to become the greatest album of all time to ever sell. But, yeah. Ooh. This is, in other K-pop news, and I just scrolled down off of the South China Morning Post, BTS announces First in-person concert in two years in California. Permission to dance on stage L.A. in November and December. And they're going to be performing at the new SoFi Stadium. Ticket sales will begin October 5th. Same day as Lightsome's and coming back. I'm going go to uh, go to K-pop official for the official schedules. Okay. Which basically gives you the K-pop comeback schedule. So I'm going to check this right now. I'm going to go to October. As of October, this is what they have. October 1st, they're going to release The Feels. October 1st, uh, WE1 is going to drop uh, Starry Night. Aspa's coming back on the 5th. Same with Woodsy and Say It. Same with Young J. And Golden Child is going to become off of a repackaged album called Data. Uh, Blitzers is going to drop a comeback with Won't Make a Mistake. That's their title track. And Flying's going to come back with Sober. Pixie is going to come back with Addicted with their second mini album. And they are bangers. They do not miss. Uh, Crazy is going to be debuting. Or I should say. Yuri, it that I just talked about, is going to have Glassy, which is the first single album, her debut. And Hyphen is going to be coming back on the same day as Tree Bay with Fennie Vidi Vici. Okay, yeah. Light is going to be the only comeback within, um, within, so it's, it's, it's going to be, I don't know, um, 17 is going to come back on the 22nd with Ataka, then Apex is going to come back with Bipolar, Part 2, Prelude to Love. Alrighty, since TWICE just broke the fucking internet, and they dropped it, well, technically it is the first in Korea, but they just dropped the feels right now, I'm going to have to say, 안녕, 잘자세요, night, or 안녕, 갈게요, 알았어, this is the rundown for the South, I hope you have an amazing day, and I will stream heavily off the fields. i'll get my thoughts and opinions on this song next this is the rundown for the south peace thank you for listening to the rundown from the south And the closing sponsor for this episode of the Rundown from the South is brought to you in part by the guys over at Wolfpack. We've just started and it's a sponsor that I'm really happy to be a part of. Um, A lot of guys from the Brews Beers team is over there working hard, so it's a nice warming and welcoming welcoming community as well. Um, There's a giveaway going out right now. You guys can use Wolfpack Gang. And you could tweet out the Wolfpack people as well. This offer ends in about a month to a few months at least. But we're a growing community, you know, we have a lot of the Griffin family and a lot of my family as well training over there. So come back and say hi. Like I said, if there's anything that you need, I'm always here. And that's where I'll be training for now on, or for the foreseeable future at least so go to wolfpack.com and use the code rundown from the south that is wolfpack.com and the rundown from the south to get your free fighting hour or i wouldn't say fighting hour i would say it's more like of uh, exclusive training you know we can help you hone in your skills and everything like that don't be afraid to join the team you can learn from me and learn from a lot of other fighters so don't be afraid to use it. As always, thank you for listening to this episode. And Jaja Sayo young Have a nice day or night. Or dinner. Lunch, breakfast, brunch, crunch. I'm going off on a tangent. But yeah, that's the sponsor for this episode of the Rundown for the South. As always, stay safe and stay welcome. Thank <laughs>